0: As I've said before, Chris Hodges was the most popular kid at Leon High School. Everybody liked him. Every group that is, not every student. He had friends who were jocks, nerds, motorheads, druggies, rednecks, dancers, actors, intellectuals, dorks, idiots, handicapped, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. It didn't matter who you were, Chris made time to talk to you, even if it was just a brief hello. Chris wasn't a snob, and everybody liked him, because he liked everybody. Most of his close friends were shocked to hear about his death. Most of the people Chris knew couldn't believe what had happened. Everybody envied Chris. Everybody wondered what could possibly make someone like Chris commit suicide. Everybody is still wondering. Richie Abrams, the Richie that appeared in Chris's suicide note, wasn't a close friend of Chris's, but they were friends just the same. Richie, who was the same year in school as Chris, was also a football player. At 6'3 and 295 pounds, Richie was one of the better linemen in the country. After graduation from Leon, he went on to play for UCLA. Like many of his fellow football-playing cohort, Richie was an avid consumer of alcoholic beverages. This was one of the reasons that Richie and Chris didn't ever grow very close. Chris never drank not even one beer that I saw. He hung with the fellas pretty often, but You know, it ain't
1: always that much fun to be around other people who aren't drinking when you are drinking. I mean, don't get me wrong or nothing, Chris was cool and all that, but he wasn't one of my best buds or anything. I mean, I don't hold it against him or nothing, his not drinking. It just seems kind of too goody-goody for me. I like to party and have some fun now and then, and that involves drinking a few beers. Chris didn't want to do that, smile with me, but he cannot drink somewhere else. I got no time to be partying with sober people.
0: On the field, Richie had stronger feelings for Chris. He was. I'll tell you, one of the best football players ever.
1: He probably could have gone straight to the NFL. You know how they do in basketball, where they go straight from high school to the pros?
0: Chris could have probably done that. According to Chris's note, Richie picked on him when they were in elementary school. Richie remembers no such thing. Nah, I always kind of like Chris. We were never best friends or nothing, but we were always cool. We never got no fights. Grace Mitchell worked with Chris Hodges on the staff of The Lion's Tale. Like many female students at Leon High, Grace had a crush on Chris.
2: I always liked him. He was really cute and athletic and was always fun to be around. Not only that, he was smart. His articles on The Lion's Tale were always so good. I loved to read them.
0: When Grace was a junior and Chris was a sophomore, she would often give him a ride to school. Chris was still too young to drive and Grace lived close to him.
2: I used to pick him up in the mornings and give him a ride. He was always on time, and we used to have fun talking on the way to school. I used to try and flirt with him, but he never seemed real receptive, so I gave up. I always liked him, though. He was a nice guy."
0: After graduation, Grace left Tallahassee to move to New York City to pursue a career in journalism. She attended New York University. When Chris and Tracy went on dates, they often double dated with Brad Dexter and his girlfriend Shirley Muldoon. Shirley, Brad, Tracy, and Chris ran in many of the same circles. They were all either football players or cheerleaders. They were all involved in other school activities as well. They went to the same parties and attended the same social functions. They spent a lot of their time together. Shirley remembers Chris fondly.
2: Chris was so sweet. When he and Tracy started dating, she was my best friend, and he always did so much for her. He gave her flowers, like for every anniversary he could think of, One week, two weeks, first kiss, all that stuff. I was jealous, especially with Chris being so cute. But then me and Brad started getting serious.
0: Muldoon said she was always fond of Chris as a person.
2: He was always such a good friend to Brad. Whenever Brad needed anything, Chris always helped him out. I guess he was like that with everyone, but it always meant so much to me that Brad had someone who would do that for him. Tracy is the same way for me. She's my best friend and the person who always helps me when I need it. I mean, if Brad can't do something for me, Tracy can. It's so sad that Brad lost his best friend. I know we'll both miss Chris. Everybody's going to miss Chris. He was just that great of a guy.
0: As a freshman, Chris played backup to starting quarterback Brent Waters. Waters said that Chris was probably the best student of the game he had ever seen. Chris always came in and studied film and asked me lots of questions about how I played the game. He was interested in my opinions
3: on everything about the game. It was to the point that sometimes he bugged me. I'd tell him to leave me be and he'd just go bug Coach for a while. It was like he was obsessed with being the best. Then Chris started growing into his enthusiasm. I mean, there's only so much you can learn about the game. You have to have some natural ability to go with it or you won't be that great. Chris had that natural ability. So much so, in fact, that I was kind of worried that he was going to beat me out for my starter spot on the team. It's a damn good thing I was three years older, or I may have never gotten a shot to play.
0: Waters went to Utah State after graduating from Leon High and became the starting quarterback in his sophomore year. Leon High School's student body president during hers and Chris's senior year, Becky Wood knew Chris Hodges quite well. Wood relied on Chris whenever she needed help or needed to get the support of the students.
3: If I got Chris behind me on something, I got everybody behind me. Chris's opinions were emulated by pretty much the entire student body. Oh sure, there were exceptions, but not enough to cause any dissent. We were a very unified student body, and a large part of that was due to Chris.
0: But not everyone was so fond of Chris. Ricky Chambers, former starting first baseman for the Leon High baseball team, didn't like Chris at all. While they were once teammates, Ricky got quite upset about his Uncle Gordon's name being associated with Chris after the suicide. He made this clear to me when I interviewed him. I couldn't stand that little snot. From the first day I met him, it seemed
3: like he was trying to beat me out of my starting job. It's like it didn't matter to him that I'd been there, that I'd earned the job, and Chris just wanted the position for his own personal glory. And when that punk brought my family into his little bullshit story... I mean, I really got pissed off about that. I mean, here's this punk who's going to off himself, and he's got to drag a good man's name into the mix. That's fucking weak. I mean, I don't want to say I'm glad he's dead or nothing, but I'm glad
0: he won't be saying nothing else about my family and mixing us up into his sorry story. Ricky has begun to follow in his uncle's footsteps. After graduation, he was drafted in the 17th round by the Seattle Mariners, and immediately began play at the AA level, where he remains presently. Another player who didn't like Chris that much was Mitch Webster, who was also a pretty good pitcher and hitter for four years. The entire time Webster played at Leon High, he had to play in Chris Hodge's shadow.
1: Coach seemed to love Chris. I mean, I understand that coaches like certain players, and that they've got to do what it takes to win the game. Whenever we had an important game, Coach always gave the ball to Chris. Sure, Chris always came through, but I could have done it too. Hey, I only lost four games my senior year, and only seven during my junior year. I may not be the great Chris Hodges, but I can play ball too, and I would have liked to
0: get a shot. Webster got his chance at San Jacinto Junior College, where he was recruited and enrolled after Leon. Much like his friend Richie Abrams, Joey Parker, who was also mentioned in Chris's suicide note, thought Chris was too saintly to ever grow too close to him.
4: Oh, Chris was all right. He didn't party much, though. So, I mean, that's all right. And all, but he was—he was kind of nerdy, if, if you know what I mean. I mean, it, it's like he was scared to have a good time or something. I mean, he didn't drink, and he didn't do any other extracurricular activities. I bet he wasn't even sleeping with that hot Tracy chick. He was always going out with. I know I would have bagged her. She was so hot, man. He was probably too scared to do anything, though. He was one of those type guys, I don't know, he just couldn't make up his mind. Hell, I don't, hell, if I didn't know better, I probably thought he was gay or something. Seriously, seriously, that's probably why he killed himself. He was gay, and he had trouble dealing with, like, his feelings, and he, I don't know, he killed himself. I can't say as I blame him, though.
0: Parker didn't play football again after high school. He enrolled in the Leon County Police Academy. But jealous athletes were in the minority, mostly on high school students who knew Chris liked him, even most of the athletes. The staff of The Lion's Tale were almost unanimously enamored of the star quarterback and top-notch student. Sally Moore, who was editor-in-chief of The Lion's Tale when Chris was on staff, was totally in love with Chris. He's
4: kind of my dream guy. Smart, attractive, tall. Dark and handsome. He used to always crack jokes when we were in the newsroom. Not mean stuff or anything like that, but funny stuff that everybody could laugh at. He was a nice guy. He never did anything to hurt anybody.
0: Moore said she always liked Chris and had wished the two of them had had an opportunity to get to know each other better.
4: I always wish he would have asked me out. I mean, I know he was dating Tracy, but if they had broken up or something. I'm not the type to try to steal anybody's man or nothing, but. If they would have broken up, I would have loved to go out with Chris. I always liked him.
0: Contemplating Chris's suicide, Moore speculated on what the possible reasons could be.
4: I hate to suggest this, but there had to be something wrong between him and Tracy. (laughs) I mean, I read the note. and It seems to me that if everything between them was okay, he wouldn't have said he wasn't dating her, would he? Maybe she was going to break up with him or something and he couldn't take it. I've always wondered what Tracy did to hurt Chris. It hurt him so bad. He went and, oh God, Chris, I miss
0: you. Moore joined her best friend, Grace Mitchell, at New York University to study journalism. Brad Dexter basically became Chris's best friend after what happened between Chris and Tim. Brad and Chris were co-captains of the football team their senior year, and both were all state players on the championship teams. Where Chris was the star quarterback, Brad was the star receiver. They were a team within the team that was key to Leon's success. From their first days together as freshman football players, the two were fast friends. Their lockers were side by side, they were weightlifting partners, and they went to the same parties. When both Brad and Chris got seriously involved with women, they often double dated. Chris with Tracy Reed and Brad with Shirley Muldoon. They went to the movies, Florida State football and baseball games, or out to nightclubs to dance. Few people knew Chris as well as Brad did. Chris was a good guy. He loved to play ball. It didn't matter with who for what time of day and nothing,
1: he always wanted to play. He also loved Tracy. The two of them were perfect for each other, I guess. Who knows at this point? Guess not. They always seem to be so much in love and so right for each other.
0: I never expected this. In Chris's note, Brad was portrayed as Chris's rival for Tracy's affection. I have no idea what that's all about. The only reason
1: I know Tracy is because she and Chris were dating. I've never had any designs on her. Besides, I've been in love with Shirley as long as I can remember. And I would never jeopardize what we have To go after my best friend's girlfriend. That would be crazy. It's completely fictional. He always used to tell me that he and Tracy were gonna get married as soon as they got out of tally. He never really liked living here. I know that. He always talked about getting out here. I kind of thought it seemed like something had happened to him. Or something like that. He used to get this crazy wig belt kind of vibe to him sometimes, like he wasn't here. He never talked about his past. I only knew him when we got to high school. But whenever I asked him about stuff that happened before that, he never answered or avoided the question totally. I never pushed him too hard about it, because I figured it was none of my business. i let it alone, but it always worried me. I thought maybe he'd been abused when he was younger or something, and that maybe he was blocking out whatever happened to him. He never said anything about it, but that's what I always thought.
0: After graduation, Brad won a scholarship to Notre Dame to play football. Shirley followed him and as sophomores, they were married. Tim Holton grew up with Chris and had been Chris's best friend for most of the two boys' lives. As young boys, they lived in the same neighborhood. That's how they met, playing boyhood games in the streets and parks of the North Tallahassee neighborhood of Killarn Lakes they both lived in. Chris often convinced him to play football or baseball, Chris's two favorite sports as a boy. Reluctantly, Holton would join Chris.
3: So, Chris always used to uh, put together pickup sports teams. He always wanted me to play. And even though I wasn't that interested, you know, Chris was my friend, so I played. I wasn't very good at baseball or football, but I didn't get laughed off the field or anything. We had this big field behind our houses in the neighborhood, and uh, we would play there all the time, especially in the summer. I would have preferred a lot of the time to be reading or watching a movie. I've always loved to learn the stories of other people's lives, even if they are fictional.
0: As they grew older, Holton quit playing sports with Chris. The two remained best friends on into high school. Tim's social circles were quite different from those that Chris ran in, but the two hung out a lot nonetheless.
3: Chris always used to be the greatest guy. He was he was smart. He was fun. He didn't have anything mean to say about anyone. When the other football players would go out drinking and... I guess having sex, gay bashing. Chris would never be there. I always respected him. He was
0: different from the rest of the guys. Holton first noticed a change in their relationship during their freshman year in high school. Chris grew more distant, quiet, and unresponsive to not only Holton, but to others as well.
3: Well, I wasn't the first person to notice it. Uh, I had become pretty good friends with Tracy, um... We knew each other through Chris, of course, and we were both close with him. And one day, Tracy came and talked to me because she thought Chris was acting funny. And this was after that time when he had disappeared for those few days. Um, Except for that, I hadn't noticed anything strange uh, at that point. But after she talked to me, I started watching Chris a little bit closer. I think she was right. She was right. He was acting strangely. He used to be so full of energy. He was outgoing. Um, he was excited about everything. And and I noticed, and this would have been the summer uh, before freshman year, I noticed that he stopped going out for pickup sports. He used to play all the time. Like, that's what he would do whenever he was not studying or had something else to do. He used to play sports nonstop. But there came a point when he was only going to practice and and showing up for the games. He used to go out all the time, almost every night. We'd hang out, or he'd be hanging out with somebody I knew, and and then he was, he started like scaling that back um, for a while. It was just weekends, and, and there came a point when he wasn't going out at all, as far as I knew. I figured it it probably had something to do with whatever had happened when he disappeared. Um, but all through that whole summer, he was like that, um, just distant. I guess I, f- I figured at some point he would never get better. But he never w- really talked about what was going on. Um, anytime anybody asked him about it, he would he would rebuff them. By the fall of that that next school year, um, he was a little better, I guess. He seemed a little more like himself. Um, but not like before, not like before high school. Uh, he never really was that, that person again. I thought he was going to get over whatever it was that was bugging him but he never did. I let
0: it go. Holton began to have his own problems. Many of his classmates, and in particular many of the football players, began to give him grief. It seemed that, even though Holton had told no one at school about his sexuality, he was feminine enough presenting that many of the more macho boys at school began to make fun of him and pick on him.
3: So Chris was oblivious both to my sexuality and to the fact that these other guys had had started in again, teasing and threatening me. I still wonder if maybe things would have been different if I had told him then, up front, what was going on with me. Maybe he would have treated me differently than he did. Maybe he wouldn't have been such an asshole. God, I hate calling him that, but what with him being dead and all. But he really was an asshole.
0: Things got worse for Holton. One night during the Christmas break during his and Chris's junior year, Holton was walking home from a party about a half a mile from his Killarn Lakes home. A number of the football players had been in attendance at the party, as was Chris. Holton was walking down the quiet residential section of Whirlaway Trail when four football players, including Richie Abrams, were driving down the same road in a pickup truck. They spotted Holton and slowed down. Abrams started yelling at Holton, and the others joined in. They parked the truck and all four jumped out and made their way towards Tim.
3: And they were yelling at me. They were calling me faggot, um, calling me all that stuff that they've been saying since since whenever, all that typical bullshit. Um, I guess they were upset at me for talking to Chris. Um, they thought I was flirting with him, I heard someone say. I tried to ignore them, but uh, it didn't work that time.
0: Abrams tackled Holton and the 4 football players proceeded to beat him unconscious, constantly uttering anti-gay slurs and further threats. An unidentified boot to the forehead caused Holton to need 17 stitches. He missed the next 7 days from school. Holton pressed charges against Abrams and William Conklin, but he couldn't identify the other 2 boys. It didn't matter though, as each football player had an alibi. Most of the players were out of town or accounted for by numerous family members. The dozen or so players who were at the party that night were alibied by each other and others present at the party. The final kicker was that Joey Parker, who was the party's host, got his father to provide an alibi for Abrams and the other players. According to Holton, Mr. Parker was never even at the party. When Holton returned to school the next week, he was the laughing stock of the entire campus. He had accused two star football players of attacking him, but they both had solid alibis. Holton had also been outed, and were the mark of his shame on his forehead. Nothing he could do could hide the stitches or allay the rumors about his sexuality. One of the first people to confront Holton upon his return to school was Chris.
3: He was really upset with me. I thought he was going to hit me he was so mad. He couldn't believe I would accuse his teammates of beating me up. He couldn't believe they would have any reason to do it. And that's the point where, with much hesitation, I told him I was gay. At first he didn't believe me but I forced him to listen and he was shocked.
0: After Chris learned that Holton was gay, things between them changed forever.
3: At first he was just sullen when he was around me and then he stopped talking to me. And finally, my best friend began to avoid me altogether. He couldn't handle what I was. It seemed to me like he maybe felt betrayed by my sexuality and that hurt a lot. I guess maybe he thought that I thought of him in a sexual way. I loved Chris, but I never, I never thought of him that way. He he was like a, a, my brother. And that's the way I thought of him. I thought that's how he thought of me. It's too bad he couldn't see that. He was a great guy, otherwise. I've missed him since that day. Uh, I guess I
0: always will. Chris Hodges was a successful young man both on the athletic fields and in the classroom. He was well-liked by most, and enemy to few. So why, then, did he do and say the things he did? Why did he lie about his friends, and why did he kill himself? Nothing really in his social life gave me much of a clue. My next instinct was to look toward his family. I am Jim Stormy Weathers, and you have been listening to the fifth chapter of All-American, A True Crime Podcast. Devon Montgomery as Richie Abrams
2: Jillian Cardillo as Grace Mitchell uh, Shelly Claussen as Shirley Muldoon
3: Andrew Small as Brent Waters
2: Brittany
1: Gates as Becky Wood
3: This is Evan Lauderdale as Ricky Chambers Jared Cornell as Mitch Webster I don't think you put it a Storm
0: Goodwin as Joey Parker
4: Monica Schneider as Sally Moore
0: Miles Cornell as Brad Dexter, Kevin Scullhays as Tim Holton Kenneth Quinnell as the voice of Kevin Scullhase in the credits Kenneth Quinnell as writer, director and the character of Jim Stormy Weathers